0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast episode of Mysterious Headlines. Today, we were back in the courtroom for another day of witness testimonies in the Lori Vallow Daybell case. They were off yesterday because one of the prosecutors had a death in her family, so they took a long weekend, and so that is why there was no trial yesterday and no podcast episode yesterday, but they were back today. I am doing a podcast episode every day of this trial, keeping you up to date with the latest information in this trial. So if you are not caught up, you can go back and see all the podcast episodes that I've done. Um, We are officially in week two of witness testimonies, and there is a lot going on. Um, You can hit your subscribe button wherever you're listening to this now, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, You can click the subscribe button, and that way you'll get notified every time I post a podcast episode. So you can stay up to date on the Lori Vallow Daybell trial. So if you remember, on Friday, before we went into the weekend, they had called Zulema up to the witness stand. And she had been on the witness stand most of the day. And remember, she's the or was the wife of Alex Cox. And she had quite the testimonies to give on Friday. Um, If you missed that, you can go back and find my podcast episode that I did on that. But she had quite the testimony to give on Friday. And so she continued um, today. They started today with cross-examination of her. So, um the defense asked if she spoke to anybody over the weekend about this case and she said no she had not and then they went on to ask about her first day that she like met um Alex Cox and she said um that that was in August of 2019 and she said they had gone on a few dates but that they didn't have their official first kiss until October of 31st of 2019 but she said after they had their first kiss she was like they spoke on the phone several times they talked about family talked about spirituality um many different things she said um the week of October 31st to November 2nd she said she was in Arizona and Alex was in Rexburg and she said she went to visit him in Rexburg um november 7th and that is when he proposed to her she said she was not surprised at all about the proposal she said he made it clear on the very first date that we went on that he wanted to get married and that that was something he wanted in his life and he had been asking her about her ring size so she knew that he was going to propose she said then after the proposal she went back home to arizona And she said she did not see Alex again until Thanksgiving. She said she went to, um, or she said Alex came to her in Arizona the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And he stayed with her the entire time that he was there um, for Thanksgiving. They went on to ask about the specific day that she got married. And she said that she doesn't know the exact date. Of when she got married because there's a lot of trauma surrounding that time frame for her. And so things are just kind of muddied. Um, And so she doesn't remember exactly the date. So then they went on to ask, well, what events, like what traumatic events are you referring to? And she says, well, on December 12th, she went to work. Alex was fine. He was at home. He was just fine. And then she said she came home and he was lying on the bathroom floor and she immediately called paramedics. They came, they gave him CPR, they took him to the hospital, they continued CPR. And she said she had to be the one to ask them to stop doing CPR. And she said that's, you know, the traumatic event, Um, one of the traumatic things um, during that time frame as to why... She wouldn't remember the exact date of their wedding. Then they went on to ask how she knows, how she said she knew Alex Cox from August to December, but yet she spent, spent very little time with him. And they alluded, they said, maybe you didn't really know him that well, and maybe he really wouldn't do anything for Lori. And Zulema said, I disagree. She said whenever he wanted to do anything, he had to have Lori's and Chad permission. He said she said that after they got married, she told um Alex that she didn't want to move to Rexburg. Um and mostly because of her daughter. She said, you know, I don't want to move to Rexburg. My daughter's here. You know, we have a life here. And he basically said he needed to ask Chad and Lori about it and so then they went on to share some text messages between Chad and Lori and they showed like screenshots of these text messages and add, added them into evidence so one text message was between Zulema and um, Chad she was telling him that she was not ready to move to Rexburg and Chad said I understand maybe at a later time you'll be willing to move And she said during this time frame, Chad and Lori were very persistent in getting her to move to Rexburg, and they were continually pushing her. And that Chad spoke that he was guided by angels, and she said she trusted these people. She trusted Lori, she trusted Alex, she trusted Chad. She said she thought that they were all doing good work. And she said now she realizes that they were very evil. But at the time, she thought that they were doing good work. Then they went on to ask her about the castings um, that they did against Charles and his evil spirits. And she said that she was unsure if the evil spirit ever ever left Um, when they were doing those castings. She said she thought herself that they probably did. But she would ask Lori and Lori said, well... I have to check with Chad. I have to ask Chad to see what he really thinks. She says that on July 11th, the day that Charles died, that she was at the temple. And she said Lori was supposed to go with her to the temple, but didn't end up showing up. And then she went on to talk about how Chad and Lori... um, basically told everybody how special they were. And Zulema said she always thought that they were looking out for her and that they had her best interest in mind. Then um Zulema stepped off the witness stand and Colby Ryan stepped onto the witness stand. Now Colby Ryan is Lori Vallow's oldest son. He is from her second marriage. Chad Daybell is her fifth marriage. So Colby Ryan is her son from her second marriage he is older he's in like his late 20s early 30s so he's much older but he took the witness stand so they started out by asking him how he knows defendant Lori Vallow and he says she's my mom they showed photos of Tylee and asked who Tylee was and he said that's my sister they showed photos of JJ asked who JJ was and he said that's my brother and he was apparently sniffling and kind of half glancing at his mom during this time. They asked him about the day Charles died. Um, Colby said he was called at work, and his mom told him that Charles had died of a heart attack. He said he went home that day, or went to his mom's house that day, and he said Tylee greeted him at the door. He said she was sitting at the couch, and she had a bandage on her hand. And he said Alex was there, and Alex told him that um, he was hit by a bat. And so he shot Charles. And he said Lori was very calm. He said then a few weeks later, Lori told him she wasn't receiving, told Colby, she wasn't receiving any life insurance money. And Colby said, him and his mom spoke like every month or every other month regarding finances. He said she often would tell him that she was out of money. So then November 27th of 2019, um, he said the Gilbert Police Department contacted him. And they asked him about JJ and Tylee and if he knew about their whereabouts. And he said, no, I don't know about their whereabouts. But he said he was concerned about Tylee. He said that he had been texting her, but that her texts were very different, and the wording was very different, and it did not seem like his sister. It seemed like it was somebody else texting him. He then said in September of 2019, he received money, um, Venmo payments, from two different accounts that were tied back to Lori. And he said, after Charles died, Lori said she would get married again. She told Colby that. And Colby said, after the Gilbert, Arizona visit in November of 2019, when they were looking for the children, trying to figure out what was going on, he said he called his mom and said, tell me what's going on. Give me information. He said he didn't know where she was living at the time, but he said he knew she was not in Arizona because she had told him she was moving. And she told him that it was dangerous of her to tell someone where she was, that she couldn't disclose her location because it would be dangerous. Then he said he tried to call her on Thanksgiving, but her phone was disconnected. So then they moved on to the cross-examination, and apparently Lori and... Colby were not making any eye contact during this and they asked Colby who his dad was and he said his dad is William Lagoya, but that his stepdads were Joseph Ryan and Charles Vallow and they asked if Lori has met his kids and he said that Lori's met his oldest child but not his youngest then they went in to ask him about his childhood with Joe which was his first stepdad okay again his dad is William um who was Laurie's second wife Joseph Ryan was Laurie's third husband and that was Colby's first stepdad and so they went on to ask about his childhood and they asked if he had a good or bad childhood with, with Joseph as a stepdad and he said bad And then they went on to ask if his stepfather had ever abused him. And then they called for a sidebar. And the judge came back and said, we're going to ignore that question. We're going to move forward. So then they continued to ask him, well, then they phrased it, did your mom protect you from Joe? And he said, yes. And he said he had a good relationship with Charles and a good relationship with JJ and Tylee. He said that Tylee had pancreatitis, so she would constantly have visits to the hospital. And they asked about JJ's needs and if Lori cared for them. And he said yes, she cared for the needs of everybody. And then they asked Colby if he had depression or suicidal ideation as a teenager. There was an objection. And then they came back and rephrased it. And basically said, did Lori help you with thoughts of self-worth? And he said, yes, she did. And then they asked if Lori encouraged Tylee to do good things with her life. And he said, I don't know. They asked Tylee, or they not Tylee, they asked Colby about his mission, which if you're not familiar, that's a big part of the um, LDS church where um, specifically men will go on a mission when they're 18 years old. And typically it's a two-year mission where they go and they um, basically evangelize for their church and they get more people to convert to their faith. And they're sent to like a location that they don't choose. They're just sent to a location. It could be anywhere in the world. And they lived there for two years, um basically evangelizing and this is a big part of the l d s faith and something that most men do when they turn um eighteen and so he said that his mission only lasted six weeks at most um there are circumstances and times where sometimes a mission is cut short um if someone has like personal reasons like There's a family situation, like a family member dies or something. Um, They can be excused from their mission early. Um, If there's serious health issues, they can be excused early. So there's different situations. Um, And he didn't go into his particular details of his, but he said his mission was six weeks at most, Um, but not really any longer than six weeks. He said that Lori was the one that taught him. They asked him if Lori was the one that taught him about Jesus. And he said, yes. They asked him if they like sing worship songs together. And he said, yes. And they asked him if Lori taught him about multiple lives and probations and prohibitions. And he said, no, she didn't teach me about any of that. And. Then he went on to say that he was not living at his mom's home when Charles filed for divorce, which we know happened in March of 2019. Um, he said he had a very minimal relationship with his uncle Alex. He said, he, th- you know, Alex was very crude, sometimes funny, and just an odd person. And he didn't have much of a relationship with him. And he really didn't see him much until he got married, until Kobe got married, In 2018, Colby said he moved out of his mom's house after he got married. They went on to ask Colby about a book he wrote since he started or since this whole case started. And he said the book is just all about how God helped me get through my life. They asked him about his Netflix appearance, which he was on a Netflix documentary um, called Sins of Our Mother. If you haven't watched it, it's a really good documentary piece detailing this case. But he was on this documentary, and they asked him if he got paid for it, and he said no. They asked him if he loved his mom, and he said yes. And they asked him if she loved him, ever loved him, and he said, I think so. And they asked him, who taught you that God is good? And he said, church and mom. So then it went back to the prosecution. And they asked Colby if Lori asked him for anything since he had moved out of his house. And he said the only thing that he got asked was to help move when Lori was moving. And his siblings were moving. They asked if Lori controlled his bank account. And he said no. Um. He said there was one occasion where he was given Tylee's debit card so that he could buy a birthday present for himself, but in general, his money was all separate. He said he was never asked to come to any of the special church meetings or the castings that they would host with their little group. He said he didn't really learn that his mom had moved until December of 2019. He said when he was a teenager, he had a conversation with his mom about life insurance. And both, you know, J.J. and Tylee were alive, you know, when he was a teenager, obviously. But Colby was the only one that was listed. And so he said they had a conversation about that. Like, why are Tylee and J.J. not listed? So then they move into this jail phone call between Lori and Colby which I might do a whole separate podcast episode so you can hear this um, jail phone call Um, so keep a lookout for that but basically Colby called Lori while she was in jail and this was after the bodies were already discovered at Chad Daybell's house and he said to Lori do you think you can hide from me and she said I'm not hiding and he said Yeah, you're probably hiding because you murdered my siblings. And he said, I pray for you even in my worst moments. And she said, I didn't do anything. And he said, I thought I could trust you. And she said, you know me. And he said, I don't know a murderous mother. And he said, it kills me to watch you take the victim's route saying that this shouldn't have happened to you. You lied to me to know they're gone and you knew And my phone's being texted by my little sister, who isn't alive. And he said, my little brother, who is the sweetest kid ever, you tell me this is God's will for my whole family, including my stepfather, to be dead. And he said, you can really tell me Jesus Christ is on your side? And she said, I can tell you that. And Colby said, Jesus will judge. And Lori laughs. And then... She says, Tylee and JJ know what happened. They love me and they are fine and they know the truth and they are the only people that do. And then this is the point of the phone call where Colby starts yelling and says, Jesus told you to do these things. The kids are found buried in your husband's backyard. And he says, please explain this to me. And she said, I would love to tell you one day the truth will come out. And Colby said, my own mom, siblings, my dad, everyone is gone except my mom and you're in jail because of it. And he asked her why she was blindly following Chad. And then he said, you can't lie to me. You can't hide from me. He said, I pray that you see Jesus. No matter how much I hate you, I I still pray for you. He said, you ripped everyone's heart out. And then he said, I'll be in Idaho this week. You need to look me in your eyes. And her her video camera was off and she refused to turn it on. And he said that a couple times you need to look me in my eyes. You need to look me in my eyes and she would not turn on her video camera. So then Colby Ryan stepped off the witness stand and they called up Mark Sari who is a special agent with the Social Security Administration. He stated that in January of 2020, he was contacted by the FBI in Arizona regarding the disappearance of J.J. and Tylee, and they wanted him to look into if any Social Security benefits had been misused. He said that Tylee in 2019 was getting um, about $1,800 a month after her dad died, and that in August of 2019, the accounts were changed. He said the payments for Tylee were suspended January 3rd of 2020 when her whereabouts were kind of officially unknown. He said JJ was getting about $1,900 a month in 2019 after his dad Charles died. And he said they began September 2019 and stopped January 2020, again, when the whereabouts were officially unknown. He said Lori was getting about $1,900 a month after Charles died. And then they talked about kind of the rules and laws regarding Social Security benefits and how you must notify if there are any changes. If you move, if you add a new child, if a child dies, if you get remarried, um, if you get divorced, any of those changes in your life, you have to notify social security department and he said they never reported she never reported that the kids were missing she never reported that she moved to Hawaii and she never reported that she remarried so then Mark stepped down from the witness stand and they called up Chuck Kunsadis from the Rexburg Police Department he is a detective with the department so they started showing a bunch of different business records that were added um as evidence and chuck said he has worked for the rexburg police department for 23 years and he w- has been a detective since 2011. he said on november 27th of 2019 he was contacted by ray who who is the lead detective that we already heard from a couple days ago and Ray had told him that he was going to be conducting search warrants at a couple residences. And Chuck said he went in the afternoon and met him at the residence. And he was asked to look through Lori's home. He said he found a printer upstairs and there was an invoice for a storage um, facility. So he said they issued a search warrant at the storage facility. He said they also issued a search warrant at a P.O. box, and there were over a 100 pieces of mail. He said some of them were Social Security things um, like bills, payments, checks, um, all different things in the mail. Um, Then they went on to break down the different financial institutions related to Tylee and JJ and Lori and Chad and Charles, They broke down all the different financial institutions. I'm not going to go through and list them all. But he said that the last deposit that was made in the joint account, a joint account between Lori and Charles, was in July, just after Charles had died. Then in November of 2019 was the last withdrawal payment, and it hit overdraft fees um, in November of 2019. They said in Tylee's account, she had her own account, And they said she was making monthly car payments towards her Jeep. And that she was making regular in-store purchases like an average teenager. Like fast food places, restaurants, convenience stores. Which is pretty typical for a teenager. You know, they go and get fast food for lunch. They stop at a gas station and get snacks. So pretty typical things to see a teenager using... A card for um, and bank account for. Um, they said the last few um, payments that came out of Tylee's account were over the course of a couple days and they basically showed the trip from Arizona to Idaho. So um, on September 1st there was um, a charge in Perry, Utah, Fillmore, Utah and then wiki, wiki wikipedia arizona so there were like three different um payments on that day that kind of showed the, their way up through utah and into idaho um, which is where they ended up moving they said september 1st um her last in-person payment was made and it was at a mcdonald's in saint george utah and then everything after september 1st was all online purchases. So they said it was very different and weird because all like 90% of her purchases had been in-person restaurants, fast food places, convenience stores, as I mentioned. And then after September 1st, all the payments and purchases were online. They said on September 20th, she had a, a $10.04 balance, and that balance was sent to Lori's account. And we know the predicted, um, like, last known proof of life for Tylee was on August 9th. Then they said in October of 2019, Tylee had a $0 balance. So that $10 on the 20th of September was moved over to Lori's account, and then the balance was at zero after that. They said um, uh, in August of 20, or August 28th, 2019, um, there was a $1,800 deposit on behalf of Tylee that was put into Lori's account, moved to Lori's account. Um, they said September 18th, he said J.J. Um, got his last deposit in his account and then we presume that he was killed five days later. Um, they said on both September 10th and 16th, There were um, two different deposits made um, from Lori's account to Tylee's account, which then were sent in Venmo payments to Colby. They said the day after Charles died, there was a $3,000 charge um, on his account for Valley of Sun mortuary, which is really fast turnaround if he just died the day before and then you're already paying a mortuary. That's really fast turnaround. Then they um, showed the townhome apartment that she filled out um, that August to move into the townhome in Rexburg, and she claimed that her income was $5,000, which would have equated to the amount of the Social Security um, that she was getting from both Tylee and J.J., And she put on this application that the reason they were moving to Rexburg is that her daughter had graduated high school and was now going to be attending BYU-Idaho, which we obviously know isn't true. Tylee was 16. She had not graduated high school yet. Um, And so we know that that was false. Um, Then he went on to talk about Alex Cox. And he said that Alex Cox was getting about three paychecks a month um, for his jobs in Arizona, but that in August of 2019, those stopped after he quit his jobs and moved to Idaho. And they said that he got a deposit of about $2,100 in August of 2019 in his account. And after that deposit, he started buying lots of guns and ammo. And that is where they ended the day. So they finished um, with Zulema on the witness stand. And they called Colby Ryan. And they called the special agent with the Social Security Administration. And then the other detective from Rexburg. So several witnesses on the stand today. Um... I think we all kind of predicted, as far as, like, the money information goes and the records with the Social Security payments, I personally predicted that that was kind of going to kind of be what it was, that the records were going to show that she had um, been taking payments when, in fact, that they were already dead and that she had been shuffling money around. Um, So I'm not too surprised by any of that. Um, You know, Colby taking the stand... Definitely had me heartbroken. I mean, thinking about everything that he has been through. I mean, from his childhood and, you know, we've only just gotten bits and pieces here and there of some things that he might have endured when he was a child. And then, you know, his stepdad dies. And then his two siblings go missing. And then his mom gets arrested. And... Then his siblings are found dead. Like, it's just horrible and terrible. Everything is. And my heart goes out to him, truly. My heart goes out to him. um, Because I can only imagine what that would be like. So anyway, that was another day of witnesses in the Lori Vallow Daybell trial. They will be back at it again tomorrow. They'll probably finish up with Chuck um, because it didn't seem like they had finished everything that they wanted to today and they didn't get to um, cross-examination yet. So he will probably be back on the witness stand in the morning and then they'll probably have time for another witness or two. Very interested and curious to see who they have coming up next to the witness stand. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing and staying tuned to this podcast so you can get all the most up-to-date information on the Lori Vallow Daybell Trial.